All right. Hello and welcome to the Second Cup Show. This is episode five with Matthew Nash and it's called Caring for Your Soul at Christmas. And I am so excited to have Matthew on the show today. I met Matthew through the Way Back to Ourselves community, which is a lovely community of believers and creators and poets and um it's just a wonderfully supportive community, and I was blessed enough to meet Matthew through that community, and Matthew is one of the most encouraging people that I know. He is also a spiritual director, and he's the founder of the Cardia community, and earlier, about last week, um, I was thinking about this Advent season, and I was feeling that really common feeling of having a tension between wanting to anticipate Jesus and dwell with him and also in the back of my head thinking, well, I haven't made cookies yet and I need to wrap that gift. And there's that thing happening at my kid's school. And and I know that I am not the only one. And so as I was experiencing this tension, I would thought to myself, you know who might have some good tips for us? Matthew. <laughs> and so I reached out to Matthew and I said, Hey, I know it's last minute, but can you please come on and talk on the second cup show? Because I think we could all use a little bit of your wisdom. And so Matthew, thank you so much for being here today. I am thrilled that we were able to sit down and have a conversation together. First of all, it's such a joy, Deidre, to be asked to be on the Sin Cup show. I've been such a fan of you and your writing over the last several months and just benefited from your podcast learning from you and the people that you've had conversations with. It's just a real honor to be here today. Thank um, you. Yeah. I'm so glad that we get a chance to chat. Mm, yeah. So, so Matthew, you're a spiritual director mm -hmm. and you're also founder of the Cardia community. And yeah. I was hoping that you could tell us a little bit more about what a spiritual, spiritual director does, because yeah. I think for many people, that's kind of a new concept. Mm. And also, if you could talk a little bit about what the heart behind the cardiac mm. community is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so being a spiritual director is actually one of the things that I enjoy most about what I get to do. And for me, that's a sacred practice of showing up with people um, ready to listen and just being curious what's bubbling up to the surface of their lives. It's kind of a conversation between me and the Holy Spirit and them. So it's definitely a three-way conversation. You know, a spiritual director is a guide and a companion to the work that the Holy Spirit's already doing in that person's life. And so I just try to ask purposeful questions, being curious about what they're talking about, what they're noticing in their life, how they're processing their own emotional journey and spiritual health. And that just brings that out to the light so that they can process their emotions, their thoughts and habits to be better formed like Jesus. You know, my goal is to be a transformational leader, not a transactional leader. Mm. And if you look around today at the world, the world is full of people who just simply want power and control for the transaction that they can get. And we just need new kinds of leaders. Mm. I I love that you said that. I This morning, I've been spending a lot of time in reading the different letters in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And um, something that's been standing out to me is the, 
the leaders Mm -hmm. and the warnings against some of the leaders who have kind of gone astray. And, Mm -hmm. um, and you hear it in when Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and speaking about leaders too, um, they are the ones who are often criticized most harshly because Mm -hmm. they are not being those transformational leaders like you talked about, but transactional and Mm -hmm. are almost just using the gospel or their religion to um, get where they want, like as a, as a climbing mm-hmm. a ladder to get where they, they want to go. it's just a kind yeah. And I've just been, I've been really thinking about that and meditating mm-hmm. on that. And so I'm happy that you brought that up just now. Yeah. You know, one of my mentors, um, an author and writer by the name of Parker Palmer, you know, he says new leadership is needed for new times, but it won't come by finding more wily ways to manipulate the external world, it will come as we find the courage to take an inner journey to become healers in a wounded world. Mm. And so I really see myself as a wounded healer, as a spiritual director, because I've had wounds personally in ministry, and I'm meeting with people individually now who are being wounded currently and have been wounded, but they're still leading in spaces in churches and nonprofits and and organizations where they are called on to pour themselves out. But if nobody's pouring into them, then they're trying to pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. And that's why I began Cardia, because I was a pastor for over 25 years. And I saw my fellow pastors have nothing really for ourselves, for our own soul care and our own spiritual formation. And so the vision of Cardia and the word cardia means heart in, in Greek. So I wanted to create an organization where we could care for the hearts of leaders, pastors, everybody, any any people to develop a healthy practice of soul care and spiritual practices and create that intentional community where they can thrive and flourish. Mm, mm, that is so good. So much of what you said I wanted to kind of touch upon. Yeah. Um, I, you kind of piqued my piqued my interest when you were talking about when you said soul care and also mm. spiritual practices. Um, I have been doing a little bit of reading on different spiritual practices, mm. and I that is an area that I really want to begin to understand more and understand better. Um, can you tell us what some examples of spiritual practices might be? And do you have a favorite spiritual practice right now that's really um, making you feel connected with the Holy Spirit? Yeah. So spiritual practices are are things that we can do uh, kind of in our daily life, our regular life that lean into how we're being formed and who we're being formed like Jesus. Um, and one of my favorite practices that, that I've been doing is called Lectio Divina. And that just means divine reading. And you just take a short passage of scripture, maybe a paragraph or so, and you read it out loud slowly three times. And again, there's no magic about the amount of times you can read it twice. You can read it six times if you want. But reading it three times really kind of lets it marinate in your bones. And reading it slowly and out loud where you can actually hear it or have it being played for you on audio is just a way for it to just enter you and and move around your soul, move around your spirit. And each 
time you read it, you pause between each reading for reflection and prayer about what God brings to the surface. Mm -hmm. um, and you can also do that with, with images, with painting, with art. You can do visio divina, which is looking at an image for an extended period of time, maybe a minute or two, and really letting your soul and spirit take that image in and see what bubbles to the surface, see what comes up, and then being able to journal about that. Cool. Um, yeah. If there was somebody listening right now who has never opened their Bible before mm -hmm. um, or who is really interested in the Visio Divina but has no idea what to look at, mm -hmm. where would you suggest starting for somebody who's brand new to this? Yeah, I mean, especially this season right now, there's a lot of um, a lot of artists and books that they can get where there's images already in them. Um, Scott Erickson is one that I would start with. Uh, he has a, a book called Honest Advent. Mm -hmm. um, and Betty Dickinson has a book called Making Room for Advent. Ooh. And um, Becky's a dear friend of mine, and she's created actually 25 images for the 25 days of December for the 25 days of December leading up to Christmas, where each day there's a visual image and a breath prayer that you can do. And those are just amazing because she is an incredible artist and has the breath prayer there to, to aid in the spiritual formation that a person can do um, to really just be mindful of what they're seeing and then connecting it back to scripture. Mm. Oh, I like yeah. that. I have yeah. never tried the, the Visio Divina before. Mm. And um, I haven't done much with breath prayers either, um, yeah. but I am really finding that I think so many of us grow up thinking that there's like one certain way to mm -hmm. do the Bible right or to connect mm -hmm. with God correctly or in the best way, or there's one way to pray. And right. I, I'm learning as I get older that there are a lot of ways that mm -hmm. we can connect with the Holy Spirit and um, be in relationship with Jesus. And I really, really want to look into, can you, can you say the name of your friend's book again? I've never heard of hers. Um. Yeah, making room for Advent. Making room for Advent. Okay, yeah. everybody, check that one out. Betty Dickinson is is her name, and, okay. and we can put we can put the link maybe in your show notes or, or something yeah. like that. I yeah. will put that in the show notes. Um, Thank you. And also another prayer that's another spiritual practice that's been incredibly helpful for me is called the Prayer of Examine, and mm -hmm. it was created by Ignatius of Loyola in 1522. And about 15 years before he founded a, a group of monks called the Society of Jesus. But the prayer of examine is about a 15-minute time where you just focus on the day that you've just experienced and reflect back on it. Um, just becoming aware of God's presence, re reviewing the day with gratitude, paying attention to your emotions, um, choosing one thing in your day and praying from it, and then looking ahead to tomorrow and what's ahead. Mm. For me, that has become such a grounding practice because sometimes in prayer, we start, we don't even know what to pray for or how to pray. And so we tend to get distracted and start thinking about the bills that aren't paid or the laundry that's not done or the kids' homework that needs help with. And yes. um, the examined prayers help me kind of focus my prayer and give me some handholds, um, some climbing handles if I'm going to climb the mountain. Mm. I really like that too, because I like that the last piece is looking forward to tomorrow, but first it's just taking a moment 
to be and to reflect mm-hmm. on the day and to notice where God was present in the day. Yeah. I know that I, and I don't think I'm alone in this. I am mm-hmm. so prone to just be like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? Like I am a doer mm-hmm. and I want to get it done and yeah. get ahead. And sometimes often I forget to just be like, okay, I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm existing. Yeah. It's what I crave, but I mm. have such a hard time making myself do it. And mm. so the the examine seems like a really good tool for just, especially for people who kind of like to do because it seems kind of structured. Mm-hmm. So that's a help. Sometimes structure is a yeah. really helpful thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And soul care, soul care really is paying attention and caring for your inner life. It's not about producing and striving and meeting deadlines or expectations. And so when we can silence the noisy distractions of our outside world and engage in activities like examine or like breath prayers or um, like Visio Divina or Letio Divina, those activities can refresh and renew our soul and spirit. And then it it allows us to be fully ourselves and flourish with others. Absolutely. And I think a common... um excuse maybe for not taking the time to pray or to do kind of this soul care stuff is we don't have time. Mm -hmm. But something that I have noticed is when I do stop to do some, some form of soul care um, in any form, time has a way of, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a very strange thing where it seems like time just kind of slows down yeah. And I realize that there's more of an abundance of time than I believe that there is. Mm-hmm. And I never go through the rest of my day thinking, oh man, if only I could have gotten that 10 minutes back and I had done, mm-hmm. you know, if I'd folded that load of laundry real quick or, mm-hmm. um, it helps to just put into perspective what is important and what's not mm-hmm. so important and what can wait. And really, I think that I don't know. I've heard different people say this, but um, I really feel like time slows down mm-hmm. for us when we slow down. Yeah. It's like a strange Holy Spirit thing that I've experienced. Yeah, it's like entering Narnia. You know, when the children, when the Pevensey children enter the wardrobe, they're in Narnia for what seems like weeks or months, and then they come out of the wardrobe, and it's like a few minutes went by, or, that is- or, or hardly no time. That is perfect because I'm reading Narnia right now, and that is exactly, exactly right. It, it reminds me of the conversation with the professor, which I talked mm-hmm. about a little bit on the second cup right. this week, where, you know, that was one of the reasons why um, Peter and Susan were thinking that Lucy was crazy because she said that she right. had been gone this whole long time and they, sh- they yeah. had hardly even missed her. And the professor said, who's to say that she's not telling the truth? Maybe that's all the more reason to believe her. And I do feel that is the perfect, um, the perfect parallel to what happens Mm -hmm. when we take time to just settle in and be with the Lord. Um, This is me encouraging anybody who's saying, oh yeah, okay, I should get to that, but I don't really have time until after Christmas is done. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess this is me saying, slip into the Narnia-like time frame and give it a try. Right. So while we're talking about this busy, beautiful Advent Christmas season, Mm. it's a beautiful season of anticipation. Um, But 
as all of us know, it can also be a time that is filled with grief for people. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be filled with darkness, um, mm-hmm. spiritual, mental, but also darkness around us as the days are getting mm-hmm. shorter. Um, mm-hmm. Unmet expectations, mm-hmm. overextending ourselves. Yeah. And uh, in the little notes that I had left you about our conversation before we met today, I was talking to you about how I've been kind of experiencing this intense longing Mm -hmm. during this season that I can't quite put my finger on. Mm -hmm. And um, you wrote about a word. I think it's Mm -hmm. German Mm -hmm. starts with an S. Can you? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. When I read, so Matthew, a side note, has a really awesome um, substack called Aslan on the Move. um, And you should all go subscribe and check that out. And he's always, I find that this is at least the second time that he has shared a word with me that has perfectly explained the way that I'm feeling. And I'm like, well, thank you. I didn't have a word in the English <laughs> language. So I'll take this German word. Can you say it one more time? I already forgot. Sensut. Sensut. Okay. Um, can you can you talk a little bit about what sensut means? Yeah. So it's a it's a word that Lewis came up with, C.S. Lewis came up with to kind of describe the the ache in him for more for something outside of the natural world. And it was just something that he didn't he was wrestling with. He didn't even know how to quite put into words. So he he couldn't find an English word, so he found a German word. And it's just so amazing because that word led him to realize that his deepest longing was for joy Mm. and not just happiness, not just a a futile, fleeting happiness of, oh, I'm happy today, but I'm not happy tomorrow, but a deep wellspring of joy in him that became his most recognized and intentional desire that he lived his life from. He called his autobiography Surprised by Joy. Um, He says that joy is the serious business of heaven. And so when we can be curious about what we're longing for in this season and really important things, and then we can be intentional about putting our time and our resources and our energy towards those longings, um, that can be really important for just how we are caring for those healthy soul rhythms that we need during this year, because it is challenging. Um, you know, we're overextended. We're going to unhealthy habits of binging Netflix or Hallmark movies or overspending or overeating or all different things like that, because this season is full of grief and trauma for people, either people that have been lost in our life due to death or illnesses, um, people that are not a part of our family anymore because of divorce um, or just moving away or being estranged. You know, we're living in such a deeply divided political and socioeconomic world. And so it can get really challenging to to lean into that longing and desire for joy because we're just so, we're we're moving at such a fast pace in life. Mm. And our time with family can be difficult. Um, at Thanksgiving and Christmas, based on all kinds of reasons, um, 
you know, my family growing up, we we kind of talked about sometimes how we put the fun in dysfunctional um, <laughs> and just tried to, you know, learn to, to live with one another and, and love each other despite our differences and despite our personality quirks. And, you know, when we can stay slow down and in rhythms of silence and solitude and taking an inventory for what we're grateful for, that is going to create longing in our hearts. It's going to create that desire for joy. Mm. And it's going to help us avoid those unhealthy hideouts that we usually go to to avoid pain and difficulty of the season. Mm. Wasn't it C.S. Lewis who also said, I'm not going to get it word for word, but didn't he say like, if if I'm finding that I'm having a longing in this world that I can't mm-hmm. can't be satisfied, it must mean that I was made for a different world. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's and, exactly it. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with the the, the idea of the sen, sen suit. Um, mm-hmm. And I have this hunch that all of us actually maybe have this mm-hmm. sen suit that's been placed mm-hmm. inside of us. And that um, oftentimes if it, it's like oftentimes – if we can't get to the source of what that longing is, mm-hmm. that is when we begin to despair yeah. um, because we're looking for um, something to satisfy this mm-hmm. this deep, intense longing inside of us, which I think is amplified this time of mm-hmm. year with all of yes. the other things that you just talked about. Yes. And so we do, we turn all sorts of different directions to be like, okay, uh, maybe one more Christmas movie will, you know, mm-hmm. make me laugh for tonight and I'll feel better. Um, yeah. I'll just have a glass of wine before bed and I'll do the same yep. thing tomorrow night and the next yep. night and the next night. Um, I'll buy another gift. I'll receive another yep. gift. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think when we get to the end of the season, if that's, if we've been experiencing this intense longing and are trying to find all of these different things to meet it, mm-hmm we get to the end of the season and we're like, whoa, yeah. I am emptier yeah. than ever. Yes. Um, so for somebody who is right now experiencing that, um, mm. who is saying to themselves, okay, yeah, maybe I do do that a little bit. Maybe I have been looking all around for things that will satisfy this intense longing in me. Maybe mm-hmm. those things aren't ever going to satisfy me. Maybe mm-hmm. they're not working anymore. Yeah. That's kind of where I've come. And that can be a kind of a scary place because it's like, ah, oh, the things that used to work don't work anymore. I need more. Right. Um, but I also think that is a really beautiful place to be because mm-hmm. I think that's kind of right where the Holy Spirit will lead us sometimes mm-hmm. so that we recognize that there really isn't anything on this earth that is going to satisfy that longing um, except for a relationship with Jesus. And I think sometimes we have to get to the place where we realize that none of those things are making us feel fulfilled anymore Mm -hmm. before we can really pursue Jesus and get serious about it. So while it's a hard place to be in, maybe I dare I say it's also the best place that we can be Mm -hmm. in or the best starting place, at least. Yeah, sit, sitting in the tension and the mystery is exactly where we need to be. Yeah. So yeah. 
for somebody who is like, okay, maybe that, that sounds like me <laughs> and I want to like learn. I want to satisfy this longing that I have and mm -hmm. I don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. um, how, what would you suggest for somebody to start developing rhythms of mm -hmm. healthy soul care to maybe every day be putting aside time. And I know that there's no one way that's best. Mm -hmm. And I know that different things work for different people, but as a, as a spiritual director, um, what would you, what would you recommend for somebody who's just feeling a little lost, but knows that they need this longing to be met and they want, they'll try anything. Yeah. That's a great question. I think right now, again, because our culture is driven at such a fast pace and slowing down is so foreign to people, we have to have a mindset of less is more. And, and maybe that means having dinners with just a few people for the holidays versus a huge house full of mm -hmm. guests. Um, I would really start, especially if people haven't done it before, I would really start with keeping a, starting a gratitude journal, just taking time each morning, either mm -hmm. pulling out a notebook or even a, a sheet of paper or a, a collection of papers and just keeping a gratitude journal of who you're thankful for in that moment and then reaching out to that person hmm. during the day or what the other things are you grateful for that you can just appreciate and notice throughout her day. But especially the people that we're thankful for, when we reach out to them, it becomes a good practice where we can build more community with others that's loving for them and it's loving for us. Hmm. I love, love, love that. You're sounding very, um, what you're saying is sounding very familiar because when I spoke with Jennifer Dukes Lee on the last mm. episode of the Second Cup show, yeah, um, she was talking about journaling and um, her first recommendation as a starting place for people who are just beginning to journal was to start with a gratitude journal. Yeah. Yeah. And there is something in, there is something powerful in gratitude. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said about even just starting with people that you're grateful mm -hmm. for and then reaching out to them during the day yeah. because, yeah. holy cow, I know if I was just going about my day and was on the receiving end of that, mm -hmm. somebody saying, hey, I wrote your name down in my gratitude journal and I just want you to know that I'm grateful for you, that would make my day. Yeah. And I know that if I were, anytime I have taken the time to be intentional about gratitude, um, it helps me to realize like, whoa, I do have mm. all of these incredible people in yeah. my life who yeah. love me. And, um, you know, in a season that can often feel lonely, um, I think it's more important than ever to stop and really think like, who are the people in my community? And mm -hmm. I'm thankful for each one of them, you know, um, that I wanted to talk to you a little bit about community. I know mm. as part of the cardiac community, I think on your vision, um, you, I think part of the vision is about building intentional community. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's no doubt that community is essential for the well-being of our souls. Like we are people, people, we are, we mm -hmm. need each other. Um, 
But I find when I'm feeling down um, or just kind of starting to feel a little disconnected, my first instinct, I think it might be also because I'm I I consider myself an extroverted introvert. So I like people, but I also have this tendency to kind of hole up within myself and spend mm-hmm. a lot of time alone. Um, mm-hmm. And when I start to feel disconnected, my first instinct is to isolate myself even more. Mm. Um, even though I know in my head I need community, it just becomes mm. really hard to reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just gave one example of how we can be intentional about connecting with others in a meaningful mm-hmm. way, which is telling them that we're grateful for them. Mm-hmm. But do you have any ideas for other ways that we can build some kind of intentional community this time yeah. of year, but also going into the new year, especially in mm-hmm. the dark winter months yeah. um, in ways that are meaningful and that will refresh our spirits. Mm. And again, yeah. I know that's different for everybody depending on if they're introverted or extroverted or somewhere in between, sure. but there's no doubt that we all need people. So Absolutely. how can we, even when we're feeling disconnected, even when we mm. want to kind of self isolate, how can we just dip our toe into toes into community so that we mm. can reimmerse ourselves in being with people and allow our spirits to be refreshed by that? Yeah, and especially this season is just, we always say, you know, it's better to give than to receive. And so, but in a lot of ways, we don't know how to do that. And so we can find a place to serve, whether it's a food distribution, a toy drive, mm-hmm. serving a meal at a shelter or um, a rescue mission with friends and family. That can be a way of serving, getting out into the community, again, meeting people that we normally would not intentionally spend time with. Um, it's a way of reminding ourselves that this season is more about giving than receiving. And it takes us out of our comfort zone a little bit, which is good for introverts and extroverts Mm -hmm. to be kind of pushed in a gentle way to just get to that next level of community, whether Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, an hour passing out a bag of food where we don't even talk to people as much or spending a few hours, you know, volunteering at at a kid's home or just a, a place where, where kids are, uh, that we can just love on them. Yeah. And, you know, that is at the core of what Advent's all about. And I love that too, because again, that's leaning more towards transformational rather than mm-hmm. transactional. It's Absolutely. okay to want to be in a relationship where you feel really good with somebody mm-hmm. else. But I think, I think that we kind of as a society, or at least I feel this way, I think we kind of have lost the art of just being around people who aren't like us. Like just, yes. like, I don't know, walking into the grocery store, for example, and um, talking to people in the aisles or talking to mm-hmm. a checkout person. I am mm-hmm. reminded of this when I go shopping with my three-year-old daughter who says hi to everybody. And I'm like, right. ooh, yeah. ooh. Uh, you know, um, just mm-hmm. a really quick anecdote, but the other day we were um, I was pushing her in the shopping cart along the a parking lot and we passed by this this man who was probably about my age and he um, looked like he did not want to talk. And he, you know, he had a very serious face and probably I wouldn't have normally made eye contact. Like he did not want to talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But my three-year-old daughter goes, hi. And he stopped 
And he looked at us with his serious face. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then mm-hmm. his face broke out in this huge mm. glowing smile. Wow. And like he was su- wow. so surprised that my daughter said hi. And he said, well, hi. And mm. it just reminded me, I think, you know, with all the things that are going on in the news, we have learned to be mm-hmm. kind of wary of other people, especially yes. people who aren't like us that we don't know. But I don't know. My daughter, Vivian, just kind of, she is un, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Un- uh, prejudiced in her yeah. ability to talk to anybody. So she'll yeah. just be going through the grocery store. Like she is the queen of England. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> That's awesome. And people smiling everywhere. And mm. I know on certain days, if I'm in a really good mood, sometimes I can bring myself to talk to strangers mm-hmm. um, who they, they don't have anything. To, I don't have anything to get from them. Right. I probably won't ever meet them again. Mm-hmm. But there's some sort of joy, even in just being around people and acknowledging mm-hmm. our shared humanity and just yes. saying hi. Absolutely. No, Vivian is 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 practicing it. That is exactly what I think we as adults have lost that ability to just be vulnerable and just be transparent and just be ourselves and just kind of give ourselves to that wild abandon of just... Yeah connecting with people and just loving people despite all the labels and the differences and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, That's beautiful. And I think when we do that as adults, we, you know, sometimes it's really unsettling to people, um, but sometimes it surprises them. And sometimes um, it surprises them in a good way. Like what is going on with this person? Why are they talking to me? Um, And you can almost sense the, delight. I mean, sometimes people will, I've said hello to people before who look away um, Mm -hmm. or who don't want to talk and that's okay too. But um, I don't know, maybe we're all just kind of looking for an invitation to just be in community. Yeah. Because I think that curiosity starts to open desire. It starts to open joy. It starts to open us asking ourselves, well, why aren't I like this all the time? Well, maybe I can be like this all the time. Maybe I, and again, depending on if you're introverted or extroverted, you don't have to do it every day. You don't have to be transparent and vulnerable with every single person and and overshare, but just getting out of our comfort zone, getting out of our silos that we put ourselves in and embracing our limits. Mm -hmm. That is where we can be present um, into our own formation. Yeah. And I think that, you know, some of the times that I have felt most like uninhibited and most mm-hmm. open um, to just connecting with other people are when I have taken the time to do the soul care and to sit with the Lord and just have this feeling of like really kind of bask in mm-hmm. knowing that he delights in me and that mm-hmm. he loves me and that he created me and is pleased with me as he is Absolutely. with each of us, not just me, but with each mm-hmm. of us. And when I know that the creator of the universe delights in me and I spent time with him this morning and he Mm -hmm. told me, well, it doesn't matter whether somebody says hello or not to me at the coffee shop. Like, I'm not afraid of their rejection. I'm Mm -hmm. not afraid of whether they think I'm weird or not. I just want to be open with them and kind of um, share some of that, uh, you know. Yeah. Just be human together with them. I don't know. Yeah. 
one of my um, one of my friends who's a he's a creative, he's a musician, he's a liturgist, he's a artist. His name's mm -hmm. Aaron Nequist. He always says, "Bless the person you meet next." Mm. And and he said that to me probably about ten years ago, and it, it just stuck with me ever since he said it. And I say it to people all the time that we just have to bless the people that we meet next. I love that. I love that. It reminds me of my um, my the pastor of my church. I think that he read this in a book, or he learned this from somebody else, and I can't remember that person's name, or I'd give them credit. But he said, you know, when you walk into a room. Instead of, of saying, you know, look at me, just say, look at you. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to remember that when I'm with other people too, because it's so easy. It's so easy if we don't know our own worth. And if we haven't mm -hmm. spent time doing that soul care, we yeah. are looking for other people to validate us. And we, we, um, get, we are in the danger of, looking for those transactional relationships mm -hmm. to go back to Absolutely. what you were saying about transactional or transformational. Um, but when we've spent time with the father and we understand how very loved we are, we don't need validation from, from other people around us. And we mm -hmm. can just, we're just free to love them and to enjoy them. Yeah. Um, and that is a really exciting thing. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on to talk to us. I'm feeling really just inspired by our conversation. It mm. just makes me want to embrace the, in our home right now, there, as I was telling you before we, we, we started, you know, sickness has gone through each of the kids mm. and I'm just now getting over it myself and mm -hmm. uh, our little son, he, you know, he had a fever this morning and mm. um, it has resulted in a lot of plans being canceled. Like pretty much mm -hmm. all of December has been canceled so far. Mm. Um, and I've been feeling pretty discouraged about it because I'm like, this mm. is the time that should be fun. <laughs> um, yeah. And it hasn't necessarily been fun in the way that I mm -hmm. would expect it to. But right. one thing that one thing that is kind of the silver lining of this is not kind of, it is, it's a very important thing is I've been able to spend more time doing the soul care and spending more mm. time just getting into the word and yeah. um, just feeling and hearing what, what God is saying to me a little bit more. Um, mm. And so I'm feeling inspired after our conversation today to just, embrace that whatever it looks mm. like and to not necessarily expect you know whether my plans for this weekend are canceled or aren't canceled mm -hmm. to just remember that whatever i do isn't going to meet my intense longing anyway yeah. it's beautiful yeah. to be in community but i can't be looking to other people or like my birthday's mm. tomorrow. So I can't be looking to look mm. for a birthday party or Happy birthday. Things. Thank you. I can't be looking to those things to satisfy this longing. There's nothing mm -hmm. in this world that's going to do it. So mm. um, even if plans are canceled, I have the opportunity to, to meet that intense longing by mm. spending time with the Lord and hearing what he has to say. Yeah. Thank you so much for that encouragement, Matthew. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, oftentimes it's those moments of disturbance or interruption or distraction that can be the holiest moments in our life. Mm.
And I think just being open to looking at look being open to looking at them that way can mm-hmm. be a total game changer. Yeah. Maybe it can kind of also help temper the sting of unmet expectations in mm. this season. But also as we go into 2024, we always have mm-hmm. goals for 2024 and visions and or not 2024, but just for a new year. Mm. Um and then when we get to the end of the year, I think we're often like, here we are again. And what I thought was going to happen didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but again, just allowing those disruptions and those changed expectations to be the holy mm. moments. I love that. Yeah. So Matthew, tell mm. us again, and I'm going to put it into the show notes, but mm. tell us again about where we can find you online for people who are interested in learning more about the cardiac community who want to connect with you tell us where we can find you yeah so um on instagram um i'm at matthew nash one that's my personal account but uh, our cardia community account is called at cardia community uh, k-a-r-d-i-a community Mm -hmm. um and uh we you can be you can find us also at cardia community.org um we offer spiritual direction, in individual and group spiritual direction. If you're interested in that, you can reach out to me. I have lots of spots open for individuals if they want to meet one-on-one. Uh, we also offer retreats to groups and churches that want to have their staff or their leaders get away for a day mm-hmm. and have a longer time of spiritual formation and soul care. And so, yeah, either our website or our Facebook community or Instagram. That is incredible. Everybody go follow Matthew on his personal account and also follow Cardia Community so you can be up to date. You guys just traveled to London, right? Yeah, we just had uh, we just had a two week trip um, and I led soul care and spiritual formation retreats for some different churches and organizations in London, in Dublin and Edinburgh and Glasgow. That is very cool. It was a great trip. I was definitely living vicariously through you. I was enjoying all of those posts. So if you guys want to travel the world, but you can't just follow the cardia community and see where they're going. Um, all right. Thank you so much, Matthew. I hope that you have a super rest of the Advent season. Merry Christmas. Um, and thank you for just sharing your wisdom today. You as well, Deidre. This has been such a joy. Like I just love the second cup and just how you just infuse and impart joy and happiness and just delight in in people's lives through your writing and through your podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye.